For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Throw me the ball and watch what I do with it. Uh, uh, we got Bow Wow in the house. My man Lil Zane. What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Believe in College Baseball. We are your hosts, Alan Styles and Orlando Razo. Thank you, as always, for listening. And if you are listening, you probably know this, but you can hear this episode and all episodes on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play, and Luminary. While you're there, be sure to download our episodes and rate us. If you like us, give us five stars. If you don't, don't give us five stars, but please... Let us know why. Orlando, beautiful week here. I think the weather is starting to warm up on, you know, the West Coast. And it's been it's been beautiful. Why don't you tell the good people, the good listeners, who we have as a guest today? You know, you hooked it up. So why don't you lead into it and we'll get started. Yeah, it's funny. You use the word beautiful. Um, that's, that's the word I would use to describe our guest. Uh, this guy, he is a cowboy. He's a... Padre, he is part of the Wolf Pack. I have no idea what Delta College's mascot is, but he's a lot of things. Um, he is also a current minor leaguer in the Oakland Athletic System, and he's undisputedly the best catcher in all the minor leagues. That would be Colin Thoreau. Colin, thanks for uh, coming on and taking the time today. Yeah, thanks for having me. What's going on? Did I kill the intro or, or what? <laughs> that was really good. My heart's fluttering right now. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so we're happy to have you. Uh, this is, uh, I think it's the weirdest time in, in all of our lives. Um, I, I think that is, that's an all, as a God honest fact that no one really knows what to expect or anything. And we've talked so much about, you know, the impact and the fallout where you were when everything was canceled. Um, so we won't, really talk about that we're we're trying to bring the positive vibes here so what we really want to talk about are solutions you know what have you heard regarding you know this season uh working out uh team when team facilities are opening up anything regarding uh some hope that we can look forward to yeah um i mean there's been to be honest you guys probably know just about what i know um it seems like i think once a week since it's all gone down i've gotten an email that said hey just wanted to let you know we don't have any updates we have no news and uh that's just kind of where we're at with update of no updates exactly that's our update which i mean i guess i appreciate you know it's they're being honest but 
so it's like you know the news that i find out is is or the ideas the concepts that are flying around i see on twitter you know like the uh the ones where people were going to be at spring they're florida or arizona or now everybody's going to go to arizona or the one now that came out yesterday that trevor ploof dropped that um it was like i think july 1st or something like that's going to be opening day and right teams are going to be in their home ballparks but um then it was kind of quickly like it seemed like a lot of players were like well i haven't heard that you know so i don't know i think uh a lot of the rumors that are going around are kind of to keep people's spirits high and you know have something to, something to look forward to so i don't know my guess is as good as yours i i do think there will be major league baseball i think that um, from what I've heard, they're going to try and play as many games as possible because I think, especially for the players, they don't want a team, you know, to get hot in, you know, only a couple of a handful of games and make the playoffs. So they want to play as many games as possible. But I think the biggest thing is that um, they will refuse to play if there's no fans, from what I've heard. I think that's the biggest deal, which obviously is out of their control, but I think that's the big stipulation. I think um, service time is a big stipulation where guys are, you know, obviously owners, you know, it's a business. They're going to say, hey, you didn't play the full year. Why should I pay you the full year and give you a full year service time? You know, technically you didn't play 162 games or whatever, you know, because service time for major leaguers is everything. You know, it's towards the, the pension and being taken care of for life. So I think that's a big deal is getting that hashed out. Um, I remember when it was all kind of starting out, there was rumblings of the players striking if they don't get their service time and if they don't get their full pay. So there's that. And then lastly, I think as far as minor leagues, I, I don't think there will be a minor league season. I think that if the big leagues play, there will be kind of like a, like a stay hot league with AAA guys and like probably prospects because I don't think you could really give your big prospects like a full year off, you know. So it'll be kind of like uh, – those fringe guys, 40-man guys, staying hot and ready if the team needs them, you know. So that's probably my best guess. And you would – go ahead, Al. Yeah, no, I was going to say, what is the current setup as far as the MLB draft? What What is happening with that? I've heard they're going to do five rounds, and that's it. Okay, okay, interesting. So, honestly, this is a, this is a good time – as, as crappy of a time as it is, it's a good time to be in the minor leagues because that next wave of 30 rounds of dudes aren't coming in and, and pushing the envelope, you know, so you kind of get it. Right. Hopefully you do play this year and then you'll get kind of like a little more leeway with this year and next year because not as many guys will be pushing up your neck. So. Right. Right. Yeah. It's crazy because it's only a year, but I feel that will end up hurting seniors the most because I mean, let's think if you – even a redshirt senior, you're going to be 23 when you oh, yeah. graduate, right? So if you were a redshirt senior, then this happened. You might have been on the radar. Like, there's a big difference between 23 and 24. Oh, you know, it's just – even just getting drafted. I mean, you know, we felt, we follow the, the Ben Battlers and these youth prospect uh, accounts on Instagram and Twitter and seeing what these kids internationally are – they're getting signed at 15, 16 years old. I think 16 is the uh, the age or something like that. Yeah. So, I mean, 
if you're a senior, you're just like, well, this is a pretty tough draw for me because you could have a, a great season, but they're like, um, okay, if you're looking at it from the business, it's like, well, you're 24. By the time, at best, you might get a cup of coffee, but we have all these other guys. This guy's the limit. No doubt. Yeah, dude, age is everything in, in professional baseball. You might as well be aging in dog years, you know, if you're a senior sign. Seriously. It's, 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 they'll use, and it's not a, and, you know, it is what it is. It's a business. They'll, they're going to use whatever they can to knock down whatever they're going to pay you. And right. it is what it is. And it's, it's terrible. I think, honestly, I think a lot of guys, um, especially high school seniors, they're just going to go to junior colleges mm-hmm. whenever baseball right. starts back up. Cause, <clears throat> Whether, you know, they they don't get drafted or whether they get drafted or not um, and they decide to go to school, well, that big backlog of the guys who are remaining and, and, and get another year, that's going to screw you up. And, you know, yeah, you know, you make the argument like, yeah, you know, you, you got to fight for your job and it teaches you competitiveness and this and that. Well, it's still a business. And if you want to get paid, you might want to just go to junior college for a year and fall out and get paid when the draft is regular again right yeah we had um (coughs) my head coach from kenyatta on the show a couple weeks ago and he 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 was basically saying if you think junior college baseball in california has been good before this next year is gonna be be crazy crazy. it's gonna be crazy i can't i can't imagine what like like college baseball coaches are going through right now trying to keep that all together that's got to be a mess more than normal right Right. All the paperwork in general, like you were saying, you know, the 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 service time stuff, um, you know, just any sort of logistical matter of this virus is just going to be a total bitch to deal with. Hundred um, percent. Whether you're in college, Are we to cuss? You're... oh yeah, you can cuss all you want on this. Nice. Yeah, you'd say fuck. I said uh, crap earlier. It didn't feel right. <laughs> oh no, no, this isn't uh, this isn't baseball America. So you can uh, feel free to shout out baseball America. Shout out, <laughs> shout out baseball America. Uh, yeah, yeah, you want baseball? Can, yeah, you can let it fly on here. Beautiful, <laughs> yeah. I love it. But yeah, it's, it's going to be an interesting year. I um, I'm looking forward. I, I've been meaning to um, talk to Josh Holiday, the head coach at OSU, and and kind of see what he thinks the repercussions are going to be because I, I, I mean. I mean, they were a young team this year, so I can only imagine um, kind of how that shapes out. So we'll see. Right. And, and that's the thing, too, because as baseball players, I mean, just as people in general, a lot of us, I don't know. One, I don't know. I don't know if self-aware is the correct word, but we want to believe that every year could be our year. And you got and coaches will never say this, but there are recruits that they were hoping would get to a certain level didn't pan out and they're seniors and in their mind the coaches are probably thinking okay you know great great guy finally you know we can just move on whatever the case may be hey coach i'm coming back again i mean i i i remember i love josh holiday i'd I'd take a bullet for that guy but i was a redshirt junior when i got drafted and we went to omaha did the whole shindig and Mm -hmm. i was thinking about going back because um i didn't have a great year you know i was drafted in the 32nd round didn't get a huge signing bonus so I was like you know maybe I'll just go back and get my degree and you know hopefully get drafted next year improve my stock blah 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 and he was really honest with me he's like dude I'm gonna be honest we had two freshman catchers this year we got more coming in like he's like I love you but he's like the job is up for grabs next year he's like if you don't perform I'm not just gonna give it to you because 
you're going to be a redshirt senior and we got to think about the future. I'm, I love right. the death for, you know, being that honest with me and, you know, it ended up working out, but it's, that's the reality of it. Yeah. That's a great look for him to just kind of sit you down. Cause a lot of coaches, you know, might, might say that that could, they're never going to say no to anyone when in reality you can, you don't want to have that. Or even just, I want to have as many people as possible because if someone gets hurt, <laughs> da, 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 it's like, you have to be willing to take that chance in order to, you know, just be honest and, and give every player the best opportunity. And if you feel that, Hey, I'm not saying it's not going to be you. I'm just saying that there's four, there's three other catchers, Absolutely. you know, so it, the, you can still come back, but I'm not promising you anything. And I feel that's a conversation maybe not every coach would be willing to have. So that that's definitely good on him for sure. And an endorsement for OSU for yeah. sure. Shout out. Yeah, seriously. You got to appreciate that type of honesty. Um, you know, just, just to, I mean, we might as well just get right into your journey then, um, you know, going forward because you've had, talks like that before uh you know where I, and i don't know what you know what the coach said at unr um but you've had that talk before where it's just like hey you know it, it's not going to work out here you've yeah. been a journeyman like in every sense of the word and you've embraced it you know you have built you got some clout on social media so uh i mean you've done dog. everything you can with it but going from yeah especially yeah dale has been uh Hundred percent. He's helped you out a ton. Uh, that's that's a whole other podcast. We could have a Dale podcast anytime. Yeah. Um, but a lot of these experiences have shaped you. So you started out. I mean, so just to give the listeners a background, we went to high school together. You were a class above me. You were my high school catcher. Uh, you know, until of course you graduated. I never met anyone, uh, or like I've never talked to anyone that has had the same consensus response when I ask a baseball player, who's the best catcher that's ever caught you? Every single person that you've caught has said you. And I've never had that happen, you know, in, in, any, in any way, but your journey was wild. So you went from Sarah to Nevada to Delta to Oklahoma State, and then now to the A's. Talk about how some of those experiences have shaped you, not only, you know, as a baseball player, but just like as a grown ass man. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate the kind words, first of all. But, yeah, I mean, I definitely, you know, on National Signing Day in high school, my senior year, I, if you would ask me, you know, eight years later how my journey would have gone, it, it definitely – I couldn't – you couldn't have paid me to come close to what happened, you know. So, um, yeah, I signed with Nevada Reno out of high school. I absolutely loved the campus, loved the team, coaches. Um, Gary Powers retired after my freshman year. I redshirted my freshman year. I broke my wrist um, in the second game, got a medical redshirt. <clears throat> and then uh, Jay Johnson came in from San Diego. I believe he was at – he's now at uh, University of Arizona. Yeah. And uh, he just kind of uh, – towards the end of the fall, he just kind of told me he doesn't, uh, you know, see me kind of fitting in there. And – that uh, he thinks he thought I should go find somewhere else to play where I could play every day. And um, obviously a big shot in the heart at the time. I had some of my best friends there. Um, like I said, I loved the campus, loved the city of Reno. I, I thought everything was just going to plan, you know? And uh, so big reality check. I had to start getting on the horn, calling schools, seeing who needed a catcher. And, and luckily there was enough buzz around me still in that area, kind of in California to where I had uh, – not a bidding war, but I had options. And, uh, 
you know, I almost, I almost went to uh, Kenyatta, I almost went to CSM, College of San Mateo, but uh, Delta was just, I think for me, Delta was like the opportunity to still kind of get away from home. And uh, right. at the time they had this awesome pitching staff, they were coming off a good year the year before a lot of returners and, and they needed a catcher. And it was kind of the same deal where the coach was really honest and he was like, look, he was like, we don't, we're not in it to be the best junior college program ever. We're in it to develop guys and get them out. They're like, we hope you're here one year. They're like, we, we hope we get you in and out, you know? And uh, so I really appreciated that. And <clears throat> I ended up being there for two years. <laughs> so the first year uh, we ended Stockton's up. Stockton's beautiful that time of year though. Yeah, man. I, uh, I think that was definitely good for me to harden me up a little bit living in Stockton mm -hmm. for two years, but yeah, I had a blast. It was, it was a different deal. They run that program a lot like a D1. Uh, Reed Peters, former uh, head coach at Air Force. So very um, strict by the book. He, uh, you know, he's taking these guys from the hood and getting them out, man. He's uh, really on top of his stuff. And, uh, you know, it was just – it was a different atmosphere. It was very uh, – like the culture there was very, like – Hey, if if you're not helping this program, you're getting out. We're we're working hard, you know. We're winning. That's what. It, and it was player driven, very much. There's an expectation, an yeah. expectation of excellence. And it was it wasn't by like 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 frat dudes. It was like by these dudes from the hood that you know they were gonna put you through a wall if you were messing with kind of like what was going on there. And so that kind of you know I I'd, I'd say it hardened me up a little bit. You know, a little reality check that I wasn't the toughest dude around, but. I had a lot to offer. I knew that it was my job to, you know, kind of control that staff and help those dudes and um, had a pretty good year. Um, almost got drafted, didn't, almost went to uh, University of Washington, didn't work out, came back. Um, and luckily early on in the fall, uh, Oklahoma State was looking for a Juco catcher, someone who was kind of experienced It could kind of come in and do the one year in and out and take care of their staff. and. <clears throat> that worked out really well and I had a I had a really really good fall really good like uh pre-spring there offensively I was gonna be a starting catcher and uh just once season came around I couldn't get it going offensively but um you know it was kind of the same deal where you know the pitchers they wanted me back there and I just kind of accepted that role like you know I might not hit I'm gonna be in the nine hole every day kind of getting the bat shoved up my ass but I, I knew that my difference was going to be behind the plate. Um, so I accepted it and it ended up working out. We had an awesome, awesome year, made a run, uh, took third place in Omaha. So pretty should've good year, got it. drafted. And what's up? Should have won it. You we should have won yeah, yeah. We won the first two games, one to nothing, first team ever. And, uh, yeah, we couldn't get the bats going in Omaha. So the worst part is uh, got knocked out by Jay Johnson in Arizona, the coach that cut me at Nevada. But uh, oh my god, so that that hurt a little bit. But um, all in all, just a great experience. Obviously, just so many stories and memories and experiences intertwined in all those stops. But all definitely good for me. I think you know it sounds corny, but looking back, it was like kind of that everything happens for a reason deal, and everything kind of helped shape me and and get me ready for what I'm going through now. And, so I'm thankful for it. it. It definitely sucked getting knocked down. Uh, Alan, I'm sure you could attest to that. Of like, you know, yes. your first, uh, you think everything's going to plan and all of a sudden you get knocked off your high horse and 
you got to find a new horse to climb back on. But I don't know if that's a saying, but I'm going to go with it. It is now. Oh, yeah, it is now. Trademark it. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, you know, the listeners know that just hearing your story, not only do you enter uh, the brand that we've been building here as far as, you know, just having just real grinders to, to represent us and tell their stories. But obviously you have a special place in my heart uh, to, for anyone who comes up with the, I don't know if the term would be three-peat, whatever you want to call it, but I myself and my three-peater uh, going to three schools throughout the course of my college career to, to get to, you know, where you want to be in college baseball. I would say that you finished the home run because you're fourth, you made it to the minors, you know, yeah. you made, you're playing professionally. So shout out to you. I'm a little interested just because I, I'm just trying to, there's a couple levels here. The first one is, okay, the coach, when you got cut at UNR, you said that he came in. Was that not the coach that recruited you or did he recruit you and then change his mind? No, no, no. So the coach that the staff that I was recruited under the head coach retired after my freshman year. He was there for 30 years. Garrett and you had redshirted freshman year. Yeah. Right. And so right after I redshirted, after he retired, a whole new uh, regime came in. Got and, it. Got and again, it. Yeah, that's brutal. Yeah, it's a business. I, uh, you know, I have, I have certain feelings about it, you know, because I, Is uh, it a business though? This is school. This is not, you know, like I, I feel because I'll, this is getting even weirder because I got when I, and I don't even think I said it to you, Orlando, when I went to Temple, the coach that recruited me got let go or they parted ways. So I had a brand new coach coming in when I went to Temple and it was the same idea. All the recruits, you know, he doesn't know us from Adam and we kind of had to build our way there as well. But his approach was, I don't want you guys to think that I'm waiting for my recruits. You're all, you know, you're all my players. It sounds like the coach you had specifically did the opposite. Well, some coaches, <laughs> some coaches do that. Like it's so weird because we had the Long Beach State head coach, Eric Valenzuela on, and he was saying, you know, whatever program he goes to, he turns that into a winner. And he was saying, like, I don't give a shit who that who I have on my team, whose recruits they are. It's my team, and I have to maximize their talent in any way, shape, or form. Just because I don't recruit the guys, like he said that that his exact quote was that that's weak. No, I right. I, I agree. I at the same, hundred percent agree that that is. I have like off air feelings about that and stories about sure, that deal. Sure, sure. We sure. won't air this. But yeah. <laughs> but uh, honestly, if I was the best dude for the job, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have got cut. Sure. If I was gonna sure. be the four hitter, I wouldn't have got cut. And when I look back at it, I was not ready. I needed. Mm -hmm. I needed to go play every day and still. I, I was this. I was the dude in high school, and I still needed to go to junior college play every day for two years, find who I was as a player. And that was the best thing for me. It was so terrible. It was shady how it shaked out, but hundred percent, the best thing for me. Million yeah. percent. And yeah. And I will say this and we can <laughs> move on from, we, we, yeah, we'll just have a separate call to get out all of our salty college yeah. students. Cause that might be like three hours, but I will say for what happened to me at Sonoma state, and I don't know how much, you know, about their situation. Oh, they bring in a billion what, dudes. I was one, I was a, 
uh, what, what did they call it? Uh, a recruited walk-on. And, right, right. and so instead of they don't sit you and say, hey, you're not ready, da 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 They let you go through freshman year. They redshirt 50 guys. Half of them quit. Right. Uh, the other 25, if you come back and you had a freaking growth spurt and you're just a monster now, they'll give you a look. If you're basically the same person, they'll let you go through fall, and then they'll eventually tell you to go to – uh, one of the JCs, either Napa JC or Santa Rosa JC. Yeah, yeah. So but they, they wait to the very you. right. So they yeah. wait to the very last second, and maybe <laughs> you might pan out. So there is something to be said about whether we agree with what he did. At least he got it out in the open, and you weren't sitting around, and he kept you, but didn't really well, want you. Whatever the case may be. Well, I will say this: I had requested a meeting with him because I felt like something weird was going on. And ah. because of reasons we'll leave out, but I requested a meeting with him and he, and I quote, I was going to wait until the fall was over, but you should find somewhere else to play. And so if I didn't reach right. out, I would have, right. there was like another month and a half where that he, he just was looking at me every day, knowing that he was going to get rid of me. And that's what yeah. rubbed me the wrong way. It's like a, it's like a, it's like a relationship with a guy or, you know, anybody in a relationship and they're, they're just waiting to see if the other, if they just act terrible enough, will the other person just break up with them? That's right. what it kind of, yeah, that's, that's what it sounds kind of like. what the deal was. And I kind of felt like it was a, a numbers thing, a scholarship thing where if, if I left on my own terms, then you keep that scholarship or whatever. I don't, I don't really know right. what the logistics were, but that's kind of, that was my salty feeling about it and mm -hmm. I, you know i can't speak to it i've never i haven't talked to him about it uh right. since that conversation but yeah there's this some, is what you do yeah when you get when you get to the big leagues just send him send him a couple tickets to an A's game. <laughs> you know why not why and not I'll um say, you know what he's he's a really really good coach and i've i've you know i got no hard feelings because it like i said it's ended up being the best thing for me and if, if I was going to be the four-hitting catcher, we wouldn't be having this conversation. So I was going to say, I think your quote right there tells everyone that's listening why you're still playing baseball because of that thought process. And, you know, you guys are a little younger than me, but we're all in that range where we have the parents that a lot of our parents, yeah, you know, politics and baseball, sure, but it, they, they'll just tell you, hey, if you're the best, like you need to get out there. There's no excuses, you know? So I think you taking that approach is why you are where you are now. And what she leads me to my next question. And again, I'm kind of speaking from the same experiences that we dealt with from moving through different schools. Where do you find that line? I feel, you know, you had a little bit more cachet going to a junior college than I did, but where do you find that line when you're sitting there thinking to yourself, okay, didn't work out at one school. Now I'm at a junior college. I really don't know what's next. Did you have any thoughts of, do, do I just, you know, cause while this is going on and I know you have the same situation, you have friends that are at whatever schools they're at texting you about the greatest time <laughs> that they're having in their life. They're at fraternities, no you know what I mean? And you're just like, do I want to think about going in a different direction? Cause the same thing happened to me. I, uh, yeah, I definitely, I, I had conversations. I'm really close with my mom. She's, she's got a really good grasp on. Great, great gal. Great yeah, woman. Kath, shout Fantastic out woman. Yeah. She's shout got a Kath. really, really, I'll give her credit. She has a really good grasp on just kind of 
not only the game of baseball, but the logistics, the business, and she she's good at keeping it real with me. And I I had conversations with her when when I first got the call and I called her. You know, I was like, I was depressed, I was crying, and you know, I wanted to hang him up because I was like, it was the first time somebody ever told me I wasn't good, you know, or I wasn't right. good enough, and I was being soft about it. I gave myself a little time to be soft and then I turned it back on and got after it and got You got to. You got to. Yeah, and she just kind of told me like, dude, like if you have worked this hard for this long and you're ready to to give it up, then and you know in your heart you're ready to give it up, then I support you. She was kind of like daring me, like, yeah, quit. Like she was basically Call saying like bluff. you're you're looking for some sympathy like right. Look yourself in the mirror, lick your wounds and you know then kind of see where you're at like don't make this decision when, with your clouded judgment of being sad right. and embarrassed and so that i kind of needed that little kick in the butt and i think that was good for me to get it back in gear <laughs> yeah excuse me that's good stuff man dude it, it really is yeah this is uh this is some great some great absolute great content i hope jay johnson listens to this too um so hopefully yeah i mean it be we could be orlando he can leave come on be. the he'd come on the podcast and discuss uh <laughs> so, i got no hard feelings i got no hard yeah feelings. i know i know i know i'm just giving you shit um but so we're gonna go back to the the actual baseball aspect of things um and you know before we get into some fun minor league stories because I know you have a lot of them you've been through city after city and and weird fans after weird fans uh you know so that we'll we'll get to that in a second but I actually do want to talk about actual baseball um and your catching ability you like I said had said before you know I've known you since you were what like 11 10 or 11 years old yeah geez yeah we go back before high school man blazers yes, yeah Blazers. My travel ball coach man and colin was our catcher and our three hitter do you remember that uh twin creeks by the way yeah, uh, you, i was really mad at you one tournament because you just punched me in the balls um but i, I, <laughs> I feel like i did remember. that a lot i don't remember the one specific yeah time. yeah yeah, I was. I, I, we were we were beefing for like one Sunday. I think we still won the tournament. Yeah, but, uh, I yeah, I had to kick you. See, that's my my. That's what I'm saying. It's, it's, I had to get that, you going. So that's that's what it leads leads me into. It's not the fact that you have the physical tools. You know, you you've been the best physical defensive catcher I've seen since I was 11 years old, and you've been able to maintain that and develop your skills even more. Thank you. But what separates you is you are a psychologist behind the plate you know exactly when uh you know when to go for a mound visit and i always i i hate mound visits because that just means i'm shit in the bed right so but whenever you came out you i got always end up happier when you whenever you left right you always knew the right buttons to push you had like a super heightened level of awareness of the game that not many people have you really can't teach i think i have it that's not I'd a agree. different story yeah um, but how did you develop that and and how did you continue to maintain that and be able to build rapport and and that's really allowed you to be a leader on on so many teams and, and a lot of great teams as well so how did you develop that and, and continue to to identify that as a strength of yours that you need to maintain yeah i mean again thank you for the kind words i appreciate that um i brought back some memories there but i think like the for only example, time i'm gonna do that yeah yeah 
I'll, like we'll use you for an example like number one like toughness and competitiveness and uh like will to win never the issue it's the when i see you getting too hard on yourself or or trying to make it all happen yourself or this or that that's my mountain visit for you you're not the guy that i need to kick in the butt and say hey you need to bear down right here blah 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 you're the guy who i need to get to woosah a little bit and trust yourself and trust me and let it happen you know and i think from a young age obviously we know jordan paraback tom Baraback. i've been with them since i was 10 11 years old and tom who's jordan's dad he uh instilled in me from a young age that that was job number one was taking care of my staff and he always told me he was like Greg Maddox he was like he had his caddy he had his catcher he gave his catcher a 10-year career because he said that's my guy who I'm throwing to you know and so that always has been in the back of my head of like like knowing that it was like this selfless job like my job is to help the pitcher the pitching staff become I was actually talking to somebody about this today some somebody reached out to me on Instagram and was asking me about kind of the mental side of catching and I would say the difference from like high school and college to pro ball is like high school and college I'm like this motivator I'm this I'm this leader they look to me for uh or like at least that's how I felt like my my pitchers look to me for motivation or for you know light at the end of the tunnel whereas in in pro ball it's more so me as just like as like an assist, as like somebody they can look to, to like, uh, like another perspective on how to go after a hitter or like pitchers in pro ball aren't so much like they need blowers and they need pats mm-hmm. on the butt. Like they're just, they need different insight. They need different perspective, you know, and that's what I think I'm there for more so <clears throat> in, in pro ball. But I mean, to answer your question, it's always been instilled in me and it's always been important to me. And um, I think, you know, getting feedback like that, you know, that means a lot to me and it always, it always did. And, and knowing that I had that kind of impact, I think it kind of motivated that side of me in, in my game and to keep, you know, pushing that to the forefront more so than, <clears throat> more so than anything. That's good. That's interesting. Well, uh, you know, before we, before we get into the last part about our interview, you know, our, our, your minor league experience and, and sort of the weirdness and wackiness and, and, and fun aspect of the minors, uh, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read an advertisement because that's what we do here. We're getting ads, baby. Uh, You're rich. Alan, are you having uh, some trouble betting during, uh, during this quarantine? You are. <laughs> I am. Well, <laughs> do I have a place for you? No NBA. No NHL, no MLB. You think there's nothing on, on TV, nothing to bet on. You're bored as hell. Well, let me introduce you, betonline.ag. Sports are not totally done. There's still eSports, so you bet on some 2K, some Fortnite. Uh, there is American Idol. American Idol is going on. Simon Cowell's no longer on, but American Idol still is going on. Uh, Big Brother. Big Brother's another one. If you want to get political in this bitch, uh, the elections, the elections are going on as well. And there's also some solid poker going on. So there's still a lot to be fun to be had at betonline.ag using the promo code MYPOD100 to receive your welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that's betonline.ag and use the promo code MYPOD100. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. 
Hunt. Well done. Thank you for that, Orlando. Um, Colin, I did want to talk about something when, when you speak about the mental side of the game and being a catcher. It is interesting because if you look at well, first of all, when you're when you start Little League, they always tell you the quickest way to the big leagues is either on the mound or behind the dish, right? So and and I think there's a reason they say that pitching just because everybody always needs a pitcher. But when you talk about behind the dish, I think everybody needs a good catcher as well. But it's almost like it's the one it's the one position that almost tools are very important. They're always important, but it's almost the one position that also transcends tools, right? If you, one tool is a little lacking somewhere and you make up for it because like you said, you're Greg Maddox's catcher or the, you know, the guys just love to throw to you for whatever case it may be, that's definitely going to bode well for you versus, you know, if you're an outfielder and you don't have a good arm, unless you are a, another member actually of the the A's crush Davis and you can hit bombs like that. Right. Someone's probably going to say, dude, you're, that's not going to cut it. So it's very interesting to hear you talk about the mental side of the game, but I think a lot of it is also just who you are and just talking to you and hearing your personality. I feel like it, that's also something that you're kind of born with. I feel catchers always have that swag. Like most catchers can talk to multi different people because they're used to it. You know, they're the ones that has to calm not just the pitcher down, but everybody else. Uh, if you got, you know, you know, the, the left fielder is a hothead or whatever the yeah. case may be. You got to say, tell the shortstop, hey, tell him to chill out, you know, things like that. Very similar to what I have to do with Orlando and a lot oh, of I these, can only imagine. Uh, episodes. So. <laughs> well, also, like, catchers have to deal with pitchers. Pitchers are so weird. Like, weird. Right. we are absolute nut jobs. So the fact that when you're able to calm down a whole staff and, and, and the last thing I'll say on this is just the fact that you're able to realize, and this is something for, for our younger listeners, our young catchers out there, treat everyone differently. Like everyone needs to be, everyone needs to have their strengths identified, their weaknesses identified. And you have to treat people as a catcher according – treat your pitchers according to what their personality fits. No doubt. Like, you can't just treat everyone the same. So, the fact that you're able to recognize, hey, this guy, you know, he's, he's just a weirdo. Like, I just don't want to talk about any sort of baseball with him. Like, yeah. I just ask him what he's having for dinner or something like that. I'm sure you've had a lot of those guys. Well, or I'll then give, there's – go ahead. Tell a story. No, I'll give you this. So, like, um, one of our big pitching prospects, James Caprillion – he was a UCLA guy. I think he was a first-rounder to the Yankees. We got, we got him in a trade. And uh, I think it was a Sonny Gray trade. But, but um, last year I have Cap in Midland. Um, towards the end of the year, he, he, was, he was on like an innings limit, and then he, and he started building up once he got up to us from Stockton. And uh, Cap was a guy who really intense up there, man. Like, he was a guy I could go up there. I'm not kidding you. I could read him uh, – like a Friday night light speech during a mound visit and he will bear down like, like no other, he will get so fired up from that. And you know, it's like dude, middle of August, I'm, I'm hitting like a buck 80. I just like, I was so over it. It's a hundred degrees, hundred percent humidity, but it was like, dude, I was like, all right, you know what? I got capped today. I got to lock it in. I got to get a speech ready. You know, I got to pump him up. I got to make him feel himself because that's when he's at his best. And that's like, yeah, I might not 
you know, I'm playing for the 20th day in, the, in a row. I haven't got a hit in two weeks, but it was like, you know what? I'm going to pump Cap up today. I'm going to make sure he has his good outing. And that's what matters. And that's why the tools are kind of different because I go out and I hit a buck 80. All I got to do is worry about, you know, not missing a fly ball and knowing what the outs are in the outfield. <laughs> Even if you're an infielder, it's like, okay, I need to know the situation, hopefully not kick a ball. And that's that you are thinking about what you're currently hitting, what you're doing defensively to make sure, you know, you're blocking correctly. You, then you get an annoying guy on base. He's trying to steal. Then on top of that, you have to manage personalities, you know? So it, it's just like a trifecta. It's even more than what all the other positions have to do. No, I think, but uh, that's what I love about it, to be honest, is, is, like that I can, I'm very fortunate that I play for an organization that values that side of the position. They really do see a lot of value in the intangibles of it. Like I grade out as a really good receiver. I, I, I defend really well, but I think that they pay attention to, like I said, the intangibles or, or what pitching coaches are saying or what the pitching, the pitching staffs are saying about me. And, you know, I'm really thankful for that, you know, because if you look at my baseball reference page, it's nothing to write home about. So, I, you know, I'm still sticking around for some reason, and I think that that has something to do with it. So I'm lucky, and I I love that aspect of the position for that because it also takes my mind off. You know, I go in there. Like, basically, this is my rule. If I'm pissed off about my last at bat, I am allowed to be pissed off about it until I throw that ball down the second base as hard as I can in between innings, and then it's over with, and I'm back to right. job number one. See, that's crazy. You yeah. know, everybody else gets a whole inning, yeah. maybe two, Kicking you know, or just until they, the just until they hit again, you know, I'm just gonna be upset for three innings until I hit Catching again. butterflies. Yeah. And by the way, the, <laughs> the guy who just screwed me over is breathing down my neck, calling balls and strikes. Like, right. So I gotta, right, I gotta right. put on a mask for that too. So I think oh that's, my a, God. that's a, Man, that's umpires a are nerds. Right. Dude, so I, I can do a whole dorky. podcast on umpire management, man. <laughs> Oh my God. Yeah, that is, I didn't even think about you having to just make friends with a bunch of dweebs. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah so go, going to, uh, by the way, does your baseball reference page, um, does that say that you participated in the home run derby for double I, I don't know. I got screwed in the home run derby though. I will say you that. Got screwed. All right. Well, we'll get to that in a second. Wait, I don't understand that. You know, you keep on, right. You've been, uh, talking down on your hitting this whole time, but you were in a home run derby. No, no, no. Dude, now? He gets bombs, bro. No, no, no. I, so let, I'm that like three true outcome. I'm gonna hit a home run. I'm gonna strike out, or I'm gonna walk. Gotcha. I'm trying to work gotcha. on it a little bit. I'm trying to get like four or five outcomes. But I hear you. Um, I, uh, I mean, that's been me for since I've been in pro ball for the most part. But last year I had a really good first half, and things started clicking. I was in the all-star game. I was in the home run derby second half kind of uh, lost it up top a little bit. So that's my big focus is get back physically to what I was doing in the first half and don't do mentally what I did in the second half. Right. But so, yeah. So speaking of MILB <laughs> or uh, baseball reference, I saw an MILB.com. They had um, your college is Delta. And I didn't know if they asked you that and you tried Dude. to pull like an Aaron Rodgers, like how he always Ooh, have you I, like I love before that. games. Ball but so I hard to ask you. Dude, yeah. I, my birthday's wrong. My college is wrong. What the Are you yeah, kidding me? Wait, what? It says I'm, I'm born in March, but my birthday's in May. 
Huh. Yeah. So I don't know if like maybe I, I my three and my five is similar on my I don't know. I've tried yeah. so many times to change that stuff, man. It's like there's we'll look into it. Yeah, yeah, we'll yeah. I appreciate it. that. Yeah, we'll definitely look into but, it. Um so as this interview winds down, you know, once again, thank you so much for your time. This has been, this has been this awesome. Fun, this is gonna be uh, this is gonna be some good content. You're obviously welcome on any any time. Uh but can you can you just tell us your best minor league story possible? Like, I know there's probably so many, but just any road trip, um, anything, you know, a, a fan that might have said something absolutely weird as hell to you. Um, just don't get in any trouble here. Don't yeah, get in yeah. trouble. No, yeah, don't get in lot, any trouble. But that, Like, the front office would be calling me in the morning, but. Because um, they listen, so, yeah. Dude, you'd be surprised. <laughs> I got in trouble my first full year. I wrote a blog about just kind of my minor league experience. And it was very, like, satire. I was being funny, talking about how I lived in a basement with two dudes and the dogs. I read that blog. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> they didn't Great like blog. that. It, probably not the best idea, not the best first impression for me to do as a 30-second rounder is, you know, talk shit about the minor league experience. But, uh, you know, I learned my lesson. You're still here. Yeah. The thing is, is that it's not like we're dogging the experience. We're we always embrace that shit. It's the shedding is, light on it. It's just, there's so it's many people funny. That, like yeah. it's just like there's, I, there's people that have no idea what it is, what it's like. You know. Right. Yeah. It's it's funny. It's just like it's one of those things where it's just like oh, well, like we're used to it, so that's the way it is. Like oh, yeah. we, we gotta share a room with three dudes on an air mattress. Like yeah, yeah, I, yeah, and I, yeah, obviously you got in trouble for it. But at the end of the day, I think it, if done the right way, it can definitely help the, the popularity of baseball because people that don't follow baseball and follow the draft, which is a lot of people, yeah. these, these stars just come out of nowhere. Nobody knows what a Mike Trout had to go through to get to where he is. Like, Bro, he just, they just appear. sleeping on a, a air mattress like two months before he's in the big leagues. There you go. There and you he'll go. never see an air mattress stuff. ever again. No. You know? No, I won't. There's a, there's he might a lot buy of buy an air mattress company just, just, for sure. just for fun. Yeah. <laughs> no, he was, I think he was sleeping in, at the locker room or something crazy like that. Why? And, uh, I, they, didn't have, they didn't have a host family for him? or? Like, I think, like, he just didn't say anything. Like, he was, dude, he's like a 19 year old Latin kid, man. He just, like, was just playing ball. That's all he, he was, was there that's, for. that's what they do, man. They just, they just want to play ball. <sighs> All right, let me try and think. Can you give me like some context to try and think of? Because this is what people a ask bus me ride. Okay, so yeah, yeah. So I'm thinking like, I mean, the the moment when I was like truly like no joke. If we're gonna get serious, even though it's kind of funny, like the moment when I was like truly, I don't even know if I want to do this anymore. Uh -huh. Was we <laughs> had a game in Spokane and got done with the game at eleven o'clock. No hot water in Spokane so naturally uh, cold shower after the game um and our bus was going from Spokane to Eugene to play the Emeralds and it was a eight about nine hour bus ride eight and a half hour bus ride and I remember like barely sleeping on the bus because the bus wasn't big our team was too big so we all shared seats so there's people sleeping on the floor. One guy actually, I'm I'm not kidding. He set up a full fucking hammock. Oh yeah, we got that on going. the bus. Oh yeah. So like, no one can even get out of their seat without waking this guy up. 
Right. And like, it just, it's a, it's a major nuisance. And so I wake up kind of, and it, the sun's out and we drove through the night and I was just like, wow. And then I, I you know, we get off the bus and they're like, all right, uh, you know, games at seven, uh, get some, get some sleep. It's, it's 7 a.m. Yeah. So get some sleep, get some Denny's and, uh, and, and we'll see you at the field at, at, yeah. uh, at four o'clock. And I was like, wow. I don't know if I learned it. So something like that. I'm not trying to get all, de- uh, you know, depressed no, no, no. On, on the air, but just something funny like that. I was laughing, but I was just like, wow, this is really shitty. I'll tell you what. The uh, So after my first spring training, I, I, I see I made the Beloit roster, going to low A, Midwest League. Just tough, tough first league, by the way. Midwest. Freezing cold, snowed out of our first game. Bum fuck. Wisconsin, Iowa, you name it. And, dude, so we fly into Chicago O'Hare, and we have to take a bus for, like, two or three hours, I think it was, to Beloit. And, dude, the bus broke down, like, two or three times, like, just filling up with this black smoke. And we're getting off on the side of the highway, like, freezing cold, just waiting for another bus. And then the next bus shows up 30 minutes later. We get on that. That one breaks down. Dude, and that's when – we knew we were in for it. We stayed at um, like our the the team hotel is called the Road Dog, and it's just <laughs> the Road Dog, baby. Dude, that place is interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean um, that's a perfect story. That just sums it up right yeah. there. I mean, that doesn't sound like where you take your girl for like an anniversary, babe. I got us a suite at the Road Dog, baby. Bro, but that's what it was. Your girl comes in town, you go to the Road Dog. And, right. and there's bed bugs and who knows man it's Black just movies. i mean i have so many stories but you know how these stories pop up they're like somebody's right. talking about something and you're like oh i have something like that you know right so right. well like uh how about something that you and and this is alan feel free to ask your last question as well uh this is just gonna sure. be my last question how about something you learned from from your time you know being in the minors from from a big leaguer um, you know, just like my biggest thing was that whenever I picked their brains, they, I found out literally they just have a plan on every single pitch, like yeah. every single pitch. Marco Gonzalez was a guy I tried to pick his brain a little bit. And he just said, everything that I'm throwing is either six inches on to off or six in, six inches off to on the plate. And you're just like, so, and it's just like, that's why the fuck haven't I been thinking about that? Yeah, <laughs> then, for sure. So like, go yeah talk about something that you've learned from you know a, a big leaguer or, or yeah some, something along those lines so I mean like so I had my first big league spring training this year before everything got blown up but um that was really cool my like the corner of the, of the locker room that I was in um Chris Davis Chapman Olsen Pinder um right across from me was Tony Kemp that's Best dude in baseball, 100%. Just met him this spring. That's my guy, Tony, if you're listening, shout out. But, um, I mean, number one was, I'll, I'll say this. So, in my exit, when I got sent back down to minor league camp, when minor league camp was starting up, you know, I'm meeting with Bob Melvin. He's telling me, you know, he had really good things to say. It was an awesome exit interview. And obviously the big thing with me is getting the bat going, cutting down the strikeouts because when I hit the ball, I hit it hard and usually good things happen. And so he's kind of, he's like, dude, have you ever talked to 
Marcus Simeon about it. And Simeon was in, in the corner too. And uh, I'm like, no, I haven't. And he was like, dude, all that dude thinks about is looking for a fastball down the middle. And if it's a four seam, he swings six inches above it. And if it's a two seam or a sinker guy, he swings six inches below it. And I'm like, <laughs> that dude was like damn near the MVP last year. Yeah, yeah. And like I'm like, dude, that's all this guy thinks about. I'm like thinking about separating and like, okay, well, like this sports psychologist told me this. Like, no, no, no. The runner up in the MVP last year just thinks about swinging above the baseball six inches or below it, and it's down the middle, and that's it. You know, simplicity, man. And my other thing, this is my this is my best story. I I could I could tell you a better version of this, or like a more in depth version of this off air, but. Um, dude, I'll tell you what I've missed a lot and I hate it because it sounds really eyewash of me, but is like just the, the winning and the competitive environment of college baseball and high school. I miss that so much. And I think I realized it at first and then I kind of lost it. And I think that's at times why I struggle because there's nothing to like, I've never, I've always been the rah-rah guy. I've always been the guy who's like, like put whatever the team needs to win I'm in you know and in the minor leagues it's not really geared towards that and that's not anybody's fault you know it's it's tough to do that in that environment but um I really missed it and being in in that locker room in spring training it was unbelievable how geared towards winning that clubhouse is from top to bottom like Matt Chapman, Matt Olson, Marcus Simeon you name it dude they're like if you're gonna mess with what we got going here get out like like hundred percent we're here to win winning habits. And so just kind of stuff like that. And I've, I've like a couple other little tidbits, but like, dude, I, I was watching, like, like we're taking in and out and I'm watching how Chappie's watching how kind of everybody goes about their business and in and out, like somebody sausages the ball. He's looking and, and seeing who, you know, whose name is on the back of that Jersey, like kind of taking inventory, like who's going to be up here to help us you know, when they come up from Vegas or, or what it may be. And so I found that really, really interesting um, how geared towards winning these superstars are, you know, and that really like that really lit the fire under me to like want to be a part of that, you know. And uh, like I said, I have like other little tidbits to that. But uh, yeah, I definitely have missed that. And those guys kind of fired me up a little bit. That's awesome. Yeah, that's great. That story. is awesome. That is awesome. <laughs> that fires yeah, this me is up. the most in-depth stuff we've gotten um from this point of view i you know colin just obviously keep doing what you're doing and you know you talk about your experiences starting in high school so i'm feeling a little outnumbered right now i got two sarah boys i know (laughs) i told you i went to kenyatta and all that good stuff but you know i started out at de la salle so i myself you know we have our little I, I don't know. Is it a is it is it a rivalry? I'd I don't say even so. Know. Baseball. The, it is. It is. It is. Baseball, it's, baseball. In baseball for sure. Yeah. In baseball for sure. Not football. I know. Yeah. It football, was, you when, guys, I, when I was like in middle school. Yeah. It kind of was, but right because that would put put me in high school, and I remember you guys came down. You know, it's it's time to get it popping, and we did we did smack you, oh, but. Yeah. You know, we, but, you know, whenever, basically in baseball, when I was there, it was whoever was home would win. Uh So if you came to visit us, we would usually get the W. If we came to visit you, 
Valley Christian were just stockpiling L's. Right. Like, all yeah. day long. Dude, fuck Valley Christian. <laughs> Dude, they're crazy now. They're so good now. I coached uh, I coached a couple kids this summer <laughs> from Valley. Dale, what's up, my guy? Dale what learned how to doing? open doors, so he just barges in whenever he wants to. <laughs> but, uh... Oh yeah, dude, Dale Sal. We had some uh, good run-ins with those boys in my day. Oh yeah, no doubt. Oh yeah, yeah. They were actually number one in the nation yeah. this season before it got shut down. I'm like, oh, this really? year? What? This what? year? Because I follow, you know, obviously I follow the head coach, and yeah. he just like casually posted it. Then two, um, I don't know, a week, month later, the whole thing got shut down, and I was like, dang, that's. Crazy. Crazy, yeah. but man. Uh, what yeah, could have been, you know? What could have been? <laughs> yeah. yeah, Orlando, I'm sure you're not too worried about that. I <laughs> Dude, I, I also have to say before this ends, you have Alan has a crazy uh Jason Hayward look going. Like it's blowing my mind. Oh, the oh, do I? Dude, it's the, you know, it's unbelievable. It's thick right now. It's the, the beard is thick right now. Um, I've been talking to my buddies. It's time for some beard oil, which I've never purchased. So I'm gonna I'm gonna have to grab some because I, I don't see myself cutting it. I don't have a reason to. Yeah, I I, you know, I, I know nothing no about beard oil. This is all I got right here. So there you go. That's that's respectable scruff though. Yeah, yeah. that's good scruff. There's bad scruff. There's war I, scruff I got, out there. I got There's shitty, some bad scruff. I got shitty scruff. That's why I Orlando, went. Orlando, you're gonna have to grow out the scruff. I need I, to see this. I go. Uh, I went Corona. Orlando's stash. good stash guy. You're good for uh, yeah. stash. I went Corona I stash for a while, and then I was like, it was just getting so annoying taking sips of beverages. <laughs> and licking like, your lips. Yeah, and just like licking my, my hair. <laughs> and like, so I just hated it's it. It's the flavor I, savers. It's flavor Dude, savers. I absolutely hate Orlando it. Orlando gets that stash to where it's like, you know he's not creepy. Like, it's like, oh, that's a funny guy. You know? Like, that's the stash. <laughs> yeah. it's a, it's a, and it's, it's a, fine a fine line. line. Yeah, yeah. It's but he, you know what side of the line he's on when he has a stash. Like, just immediately. There's just right. the weirdos out there. And it's like, that guy, like, thinks that that's, like, a, a serious look. Like, right. People are going to take him seriously. Right, right. 100%. And he's got a ponytail and, like, I, I don't even, wears Crocs. Yeah. I don't know. Colin, what's the deal? What's going on? You know, this is your oppor- opportunity to kind of plug your social media. Oh, yeah. We, we see you got, you got, I haven't seen you on Instagram. I know you have a pretty good following on Twitter. The people at home that are listening in their cars, wherever they're listening, they throw you a follow right now. You can throw out your handle. What are they going to get from you? Why are you so captivating on social media? What's going on there? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, yeah, you could follow me on whatever, reach out. I try to be as uh, engaging as possible. You know, I'm not I'm not bigger than anybody by any means, but I try and stay active on there. I got a lot of dog snaps and try and be funny on Twitter when I can be. I, I've, I've been light on Twitter lately. Twitter's been a little too spicy for me lately, but... Um, Orlando yeah. loves Twitter. I'm on, I'm on the gram. He, he on, lives and breathes Twitter. Oh, yeah. Him and I live for him and our, our other buddy McGloin. They're a little back and forth. And Blake, Blake's good on the back <laughs> and forth. But um, yeah, no, just I try and be engaging. I try and uh, keep it light. Try and give you a little little view into this wild life that I live. And yeah, so if you want a piece, come get some. I guess. <laughs> yeah, for the uh, everybody listening, uh, we had our first. Puppy sighting, pup sighting on the, on the on the on the show. Colin, is, do, does your dog have? First of all, what's your dog's name? Oh, uh, so Dale. 
Dale, the English Bulldog, he absolutely has his own Instagram. So that's yeah, yeah, I was gonna say he has his own Instagram, right? Yeah, we'll plug Dale. Yeah, Dale plug the bully. Dale. Dale the bully. Follow that on Instagram. It's must follow, must see TV. Um, yeah. His speak. I, I have two more social media questions. Okay. Uh, first, because obviously this that's the most important thing ever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the first thing Twitter's is, the have you had? any have you been st not starstruck but it is something i guess i'm trying to put it in terms of people with you know your typical nine to fives because it's weird you wouldn't i wouldn't want my ceo following me on social media <laughs> right but and the same way you probably wouldn't want your owner but i guess quote unquote co-workers right if a really cool co-worker yeah. followed me i think that would be cool have any cool coworkers followed you like some of the stars that you've talked about? Have you thrown out any follows and not gotten follow backs? What's going on there? Um, I will say uh, Mike Fires, I, I gave him some crap this, this spring because he accepted my follow and didn't follow back. And so I saw him at like five o'clock the next morning, bright and early. I made sure to light him up a little bit. And he's like, oh, that was you? I'm like, yeah, it was me. Come on. But uh, – no, he's he's a good dude. Um, right. You know what I love? I will say about the Oakland Athletics and what they've got going on is they have some absolute dudes, but it's they're all totally down to earth, normal, approachable, just roof. Like, dude, these guys, you mm -hmm. know, in, in spring big league spring training, they'll play half the game and then they pack it up. But these dudes watch. You know, they right. watch and they root for you and they're, and they're happy for you and. It's such a different environment, you know, those guys when like, you know, Tony Kemp showed up and he's played for like the Astros and the Cubs and all these other dudes who have played for other organizations. They're like, dude, this is the place to be because the culture, there's no egos. Everybody it's the one common goal. It's that not college, but it's it's just a, such a different environment than I think you deal with in a lot of other places. And obviously, I don't know what those other spots are like, but it's. I don't think there would be anybody in the organization that I could follow and they wouldn't follow me back. That's the best way I can right. say that. Right. You know? Okay. So I have my other social media question and then I have a community question. Okay. Me and Orlando ask everyone. The first one uh, is, okay, you're big into social media. Orlando has this feeling. So I'm going to ask you TikTok, where are you at? Are you on TikTok? What's the deal? It's the best app that's ever been invented of all time. <laughs> hundred percent dude but we got to be careful about you know big social media guy my girlfriend gets on me about that she's like oh how's your twitter friends doing what's going on on twitter just oh my yeah. god so I, I, you're man of the people you're man of the people but so you're no, i'm big on, on tiktok big on as well TikTok. what i love about tiktok is is like the comedy side of it there's some you really guys fucking right. kidding me right now you, are you guys serious <laughs> you're out on tiktok yeah, Orlando. I mean, dude, on. listen, I, I'm telling I, you. Maybe they, that's just an old man yelling at Cloud, but. Dude, there's I, so dude. many funny, like, renditions and, like, remakes and just, there's a lot of funny people. You got to, like, so once you start, like, following and liking the right stuff, the algorithm will get your, your page right. Yeah, okay, Orlando. The cookies. The cookies. Yeah, it'll yeah, get, get, it'll cookies get you right. right. My, my, my TikTok is, is nice. You, there you are go. a TikToker? I'm all, I'm all over it every day. I've made three Are you TikToks. posting? No, no, no. We made like two during a rain delay last year. We challenged the other team to one to like a TikTok right. off and they didn't participate. But we had fun. And then I made one of my dog, but about it. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Damn. Well, I, so I, I would say don't follow me on TikTok. I'm not putting out 
Right. Content. Yeah, we're Instagram and Twitter. Yeah, that's where you need to follow Colin. Fans. Whoa, hey, whoa, <laughs> hey. <laughs> okay, Colin, I know I've um said that this isn't really a question, so I do still have one community question, but before that, I just need to know how does it feel to be a blue checker? You know, I'm on your Instagram now and this is the Ladies and gentlemen, this is the first verified guest we've had on the show. We are just blessed to be in your presence, Colin. Oh, how man. does it feel? When did it happen? How does it work? Dude, you know, we were in, uh, right after I got drafted, we were in Instructional League in, like, October after the season ended. And we were all in Arizona. And I forget who it was, but we saw somebody, like, that we got drafted with that was, like, a nobody, like us, right. had a blue check. And we are you know, inquiring. and. He wasn't giving up the goods, but finally he told us. And it was basically you just had to email some guy that worked for MLB and tell him your handles and you got a check mark. So it wasn't wow. really that exciting of a story. But, yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's a blessing and a curse. I, I honestly – I kind of regret it because I feel like I didn't earn it. Like I just want it given to me more than like asking for it. Right. Yeah. And, and what does that situation look like, right? If, you, if everyone knew what Drake's handle was, does would Instagram go to Drake and say, "Hey, we need to verify you," or do you I just wake up one day? Up. Yeah, you just wake up. Yeah, one day. I think it would just. I think it would just do it. Probably. No, I, I, you know, any way you get the blue check, I, a knock's a knock. What do we say in baseball? A hit, yeah. a hit. Yeah. Respect the no, hell no, 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 hundred percent. I got, I got the check. It was, uh, but I, I just, I need to get the followers up. I think to make it look more legitimate, a little bit. I think, I think sure. once you go to double digits, you, you can get a check. So right. I think that's my new rule. Well, I think, yeah, you're pretty much on par with a lot of the other um, minor leaguers. It's always like that between like 2K and 10K, but you got yeah. the check. You know, you got the yeah, check. Yeah. Um, I think once I hit 10K, nobody, uh, nobody will be able to talk to me ever again. Right. Oh, I, 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 yeah. That's why we got you early. But so you don't, have, <laughs> but you don't have the check on Twitter. Right. Yeah. See, I decided to kind of go easy off Twitter because I feel like I have to communicate with people on there, actually. And I don't know. I, I didn't feel like I had the like sophistication to be speaking from a verified account. Right. If that makes sense. Twitter's, like, a, I, Twitter's a weird place, man. It's a weird place. Yeah. It I just, really I, is. I'm there for the, the memes and, and I spout nonsense on Twitter. So I'm not really looking to be verified or legitimate on there. You right. know, whereas. Right. On Instagram, I have this fake persona I put on, so I need to look legit. There you go. Well, I, I was yeah. on your Instagram. There's one picture where you kind of look like G Easy. You had the slick back hair. I was like, is that G Easy? Thanks, man. You know, so keep I'll doing what that. you're doing. Yeah, keep doing what you're doing. The last question we had, the community question that we ask is, you know, the, the backstory is last year in the College World Series, the kid gets hit uh, who's at the mm -hmm. plate and he sprints. And it was a really cool moment to, to see that happen because I personally had never seen it before. Now you have kids doing it when they get hit, grazed by a pitch. Some of them do it when they walk. But what, what are your feelings on it, cool or corny? I think it's very – it needs to be the right timing, and it could be very cool, get the boys going, get the crowd going. But I think right. it could be just as corny when you don't really need to do that. Like, yeah. just take a jog, throw your step off. But, like, like I said, just as corny as dudes who get hit in the butt cheek and 
cry about it and walk all the way to first base. There's nothing in baseball that drives me more crazy than that. Ever. Right, right. Like just, right. just put your stuff down and jog. Last year I took 98 in the ribs and I couldn't breathe, but it was just like ingrained in me to just like put my stuff and just jog. Like, right. mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, it's very simple. What, what about the guys that the, the batters and we're all guilty of it, but there's some guys that just do it all the time when every pitch they foul off to like, Oh, like I just missed that. And oh, you're just that them is like, like my favorite thing ever. When like, or the, if a guy takes a ball, like right down the cock and he's and just like, in their head. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> yep, yep. oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Just let a I dick shot it, go by. Right. And I did it too. And I don't know if I'm supposed, if I'm doing it to agree with the ump or if I'm doing it to let the pitcher know, Hey, good job. guy. Like, I don't even know why. It's like I a coping it. mechanism. Right. You just do it. You're like, yeah. I agree with that. Yeah, that was down there. Yeah, like, yeah, that was a strike. Yeah. I mean, I feel I've seen like Miguel Cabrera do it. Like when somebody actually fooled him and he's like giving them the nod of approval, like uh, that's acceptable. Like right. if you fooled Miguel Cabrera, like you deserve it like a a little approval. But like I I'm like a big like take a G hack, foul it straight back, and like I'll be leaning back and give like a like fuck like that was my one pitch yes it's yes. not like a oh like don't come here again like, yeah don't do that again, buddy. <laughs> I, it's more of like a, buddy God damn it, like, i'm not gonna get another pitch like yeah that. now he has now he has four pitches to play with and i have no yeah. clue what's coming next yeah uh, and so I, yeah I, mine's more of like some people are like yeah being cocky about it mine's like a here we go again which you know we got to work on that a little bit but right right and the whole idea of it is like what do you want to convince him that's what you're, all you're doing at, at the very least and i'm talking to a pitcher and a catcher here if you do that all they're saying is okay he's probably going to look for that again so i'm just not going to throw it like you're you're digging well, like, yourself a hole hey no shit don't throw it down the middle cock high again you know <laughs> right 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 yeah uh, in other news so, the sky is blue yeah, yeah exactly there's a lot of tasters out there and in the baseball world, unfortunately. Right. Man. Well, Colin, it has definitely been a treat. We want to thank you for 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 hanging with us. Orlando, thank you for making it happen and you guys connecting. You know, you've shed some insight on not only just your path to get here and just that grinders mentality that we've been kind of cultivating on this show, but also what you've been learning in the process right now. And, you know, every day it seems like is a new experience for you. It's very cool. You know, you had the light flex going to big league spring training. We're very happy yeah, for, yeah. for that. Keep doing that. Man. There you go. Oaktown, Oaktown's finest. Keep doing all that good stuff, man. And we hope to have you on the show again. Once everything gets cleared up, you guys can get rolling. You can get some G hacks in there. Um, yeah. You know, it's, it's thank you for being with us. Yeah, no, thank you for having me, man. That was a blast. That's uh, some good chatter right there. So anytime you guys need me, man, give me a holler. Got nothing but time these days, you know? Absolutely, Colin. We really appreciate you taking the time once again. And, uh, yeah, we'll be in touch. But, yeah, that was awesome. Man, I'll tell you what, Orlando. I know we say this a lot, but that interview right there, that was pretty A1 stuff. We we got some real insight to a, a Bay Area team, the Oakland A's, and their mentality. And I think, you know, for Colin – the A's, you always hear about the A's and how they don't have that much money to spend and this, that, and the third. And you never really hear, at least I never really hear insights like that about how the team feels. And they just want to win at all costs. And I feel how Colin felt when he 
got bounced back from UNR and how even though he had his feelings, he still said, if I was the four hitter, it wouldn't have happened. And I feel he is in an organization that takes that same approach. You know, they might lose some guys here, lose some guys there, but they still have one goal and they really believe in that. So great find by you. You know, you Sarah boys might not be so bad after all. Uh, it was great stuff. Yeah. I, I mean, I know, I mean, I've known Colin for years. I didn't, I didn't know about the A's culture like that. Like that was right. really, really cool learning about, you know, the, what it really takes to build a winning culture and that you need people holding everyone accountable. Not only that, you need your superstars holding everyone accountable. Um, so that was, that was the biggest thing that I took from it. Um, but yeah, I mean, that was, that was a great interview and, uh, and you know, you, you always adapt very well. So I'm never worried about it when I bring on a, on a Sarah guy, cause you get along with everyone. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, lo love you guys all the same. Us, us boys, only schools got to stick together, I guess is the case. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Big time, <laughs> big time. Oh, but thank you everyone for listening as always to believe in college baseball. If you would like to advertise with us, please contact believe at believe.com that is b-l-e-a-v.com and until next time enjoy the rest of your week and enjoy your weekend talk to you soon see you guys love you without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running everything would suddenly stop Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.